0: Uh, Today we're in part three uh, of our marriage series, I Do. Uh, We've challenged everyone to get uh, one of those little journals, right, and to read, uh, to get that journal and actually write a prayer out for your spouse every single day, to write a prayer out for them every single day, Uh, and then you're going to share that, so they're going to see yours and you're going to see theirs. And now here's the, I know uh, not everybody here is married, all right? Uh, We've got all different uh, stages of life. Uh, and If that's something you desire, you desire to be married, go ahead and write your prayers for your future spouse. If you're single and marriage is not something that you desire, I just want you to take the time to write down your personal prayers. Because regardless of where you're at, I know this. uh, Faithfully seeking God in prayer uh, will always be a great start. Always be a great start. So, hey, continue to faithfully pray and to write those prayers down uh, in that journal. Uh, When we pray, God moves. I fully believe that. I fully believe that. So let's get our hearts ready for a move of God today. Would you guys put your arms out, palms up, uh, close your eyes, just a posture of surrender. Uh, Take a deep breath. And remember that, God is just as near as the air you're breathing. Uh, God, today, would you guide us closer to you? Help our minds to put away the frustrations of this past week, uh, to put away the distractions of the coming week. We want to fully focus on you. We come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. Fill us up as only you can. Holy Spirit, move in here today with power, we believe that in advance. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name and all gosh people said, amen. amen. Hey, our text for this series has been Ephesians 5, uh, 21 through 33. We've read this text every week and guess what? We're gonna do it again today. So hey, Ephesians 5, uh, verse 21, I'm gonna go through these. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, did it say husbands, this is for you to tell your wife she has to submit to you? And who's it talking to there? It says for wives, okay, so be clear. For wives, it's talking to the, to the woman. It says for a husband. Wives, this is talking to you to tell your husband what to do. No, 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 hey. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. All right, we've unpacked that for the past uh, two weeks. We're going to continue to do that today, and in this series, we're looking at really the four common reasons uh, that people uh, get divorced, or that people split. Uh, and so we've the four common reasons that we saw, this is according to a study that came out in August, are conflict, finances, uh, lack of support, and then lack of intimacy or infidelity. So we've covered uh, conflict and finances. Now today we're gonna take a look at what scripture has to say about supporting your spouse. And here's, it, if you're good with outlines, that means you know next week we're gonna be talking about sex, right? Intimacy, uh, infidelity, Got some perk-ups on that Hey, just a heads up, that's going to be a little more PG-13 uh, than normal, right? Might not want your teenagers to be in here. So, hey, we, we don't want you guys to, like, ship your kids off somewhere else. Uh, we will have an opportunity for every young person to go have some fun with the kids' classes. And so th- they might not be ready to hear that yet. And so we want to offer a place for them to go. But today, today we are looking at support. If a lack of support is an issue for marriages, uh, what does God's word say about how we're to offer support to your spouse. Now, I made this disclaimer every week, and guess what? I'm not going to stop today. Uh, We're going to get practical about supporting your spouse and being there for them. But the goal is not to be practical. I don't don't want you to think the goal is to have a strategy or a tool. The goal is not to be practical. The goal is to be a spirit-filled person, to be a spirit-led person wife or a Spirit-led husband. We need the Spirit of God. If we, uh, if we are to be living the life God has called us to, we have to do it by the power of His Holy Spirit. We cannot do it alone. So if you hear all these practical steps but you miss the foundation, which is Jesus, uh, you'll be on shaky ground. But if you put your foundation on Jesus, you will not be shaken. Because we have no greater refuge than Jesus, right? Uh, that last verse that we read there, verse 31, it says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. Two are united into one. Uh, when we talk about support, I want you to remember as we, as we tackle this that it's two becoming one. It's always an us. And we really hit that heavy last week. Again, we talked about finance. It's not your money His money and her money, it's our money. It's always an us. We're not two independent people sharing a home. Uh, You're not sharing yours. You've surrendered yours, so it's ours. It's always ours. When it comes to supporting your spouse, there's definitely uh, different levels of support. We're gonna break that down in just a minute. But we have to start uh, with an issue that I'll just be honest with you. It's something that I have gotten better at, but I've still got a lot of room to grow, all right? Uh, And here's the the thing I wanna make sure that we we start at, because it's important. Uh, Communication with your spouse. Communicating with your spouse. Uh, If you've been together for maybe longer than five minutes, at some point, you've had a conversation that went something like this. Uh, This is like at least once, maybe twice. We'll probably put the number at one and a half, right, as the over-under number for our our marriage. But hey, uh, you and your spouse uh, are together, and you say, hey, remember, I've got that. Dinner, I've got that meeting, I've got that practice, whatever. I've got that blank tomorrow night. Your spouse responds, what dinner? I, I told you about that dinner a month ago. I am certain you did not tell me about that dinner. I don't ever remember that, right? Like, you're, like show of hands, who's ever had a conversation similar to that? Like, everyone, right? Uh, like, uh, practically, all right, to help combat that, like a practical step, Kelsey and I, we started a, a shared family calendar. Well, either one of us, actually, our kids can do it too, uh, which is dangerous because sometimes on their iPads they mess with it and delete events. That's what we, that's what we pin it on when we don't. When we have that conversation, all oh, the kids must have deleted it. Uh, but hey, uh, but now it, it's kind of understood if it's not on the calendar, it really doesn't matter if it's been said out loud or not, right? Uh, we've got a system for communicating events and activities with each other. Uh, And it's not perfect, but we have a system that we try to work. And, you know, a system is an acronym. I don't know if you knew that. It saves you stress, time, energy, and money, right? You spend a lot of time arguing about stuff. If you get a system, it's going to save you stress, time, energy, and money. And even with a system, uh, we aren't perfect. Things still pop up. But if we struggle, I want you to think about this, if we struggle to communicate with our spouse about simple calendar events, how in the world are we going to support them and know how to support them on the things that really matter? If we can't get practice down, right, how are we going to get those deeper issues down where we can have meaningful conversations about what supporting one another looks like? So the first thing you've got to do is you have to both commit to have clear and kind uh, communication. Uh, and, and depending on your wiring, uh, proper communication uh, could look like Uh, asking for support even though you don't want to. Asking for support even though you don't want to. And and the other side would be, hey, showing support even though they didn't ask. Some people are are independent and the last thing they want to do is ask for help. In most relationships, there's at least one who wants to take this role, right? They are never going to ask for help. They're going to keep moving no matter what. Uh, If that's you, You're not going to ask for help. You're just going to keep moving. Uh, You need to ask for support when something is overwhelming you. Don't force your spouse to be a mind reader. Who's gotten in trouble by trying to read somebody else's mind, right? You thought they were wanting something and you're like, oh, no, I was totally wrong. Don't force your spouse to be a mind reader. Tell them what's going on. Tell them what's going on inside of you and how they can help. Uh, If you're married to that strong, independent person, they're probably not going to want to tell you that they need support. They want to have it all together. Give them support even when they don't ask about it. Ask for it. Now, be intentional about serving and supporting your spouse. Now, hey, here's the deal. Support can take many different forms. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of, of a doer. That's kind of just the way I'm wired. I, I like to help others. Uh, if you're familiar with the Enneagram personality, I always test high on the, the two, which is literally, that one's labeled the helper. All right, if there's a problem, I want to fix it. I don't know if anybody else is wired like that. If you've ever seen Parks and Rec, uh, there's an episode where Chris Traeger, Chris Trager, uh, and Ann Perkins, uh, they're expecting a baby, and Ann, uh, she is in the final stages of her pregnancy. Um, she is hungry. She is angry. She is bloated. She is sad, she is uncomfortable, and she is sensitive, right? She is all over the place. If you, there's people laughing because, like, that's, that's kind of just a part of how pregnancy goes, right? And Chris, all right, her significant other, he is doing everything he can to solve her problems. But she says something, he's making a smoothie. She says, I've got this. He's giving her vitamins. He's, he's finding every tool to alleviate her pain or her misery. Everything possible to support Ann. The problem is, that's not what Ann wanted. She just wanted to hear him say, that sucks, right? She wasn't looking for him to fix all her problems, but for him to acknowledge that she has them. And I think, if we're not mindful, we'll do the same thing in our marriages. We need to be there for support. We need to be there in ways that our spouse needs us uh, i've definitely been guilty of trying to find solutions for my wife trying to find a practical step instead of just being there instead of just being there so if you have a spouse that that wants to jump into action right if you if you're married to that person who wants to hop in there and to do that maybe preface that conversation by saying I'm just venting, I gotta get this off my chest, right? Just to be clear, uh, uh, or maybe you're that person that that wants to jump into action. It might be wise to ask, can I help with you? Or can I help with this? Or are you just venting, right? To be clear, that's what clear and honest communication looks like in a marriage, to know where your spouse is at. If you don't know where they're at, it's gonna be really hard to support them in the way that they need. Another helpful resource, uh, Gary Chapman wrote a book, it's called The Five Love Languages, Uh, Those are ways that your spouse feels the most loved. So here's the five. We're going to hit these quick. We're going to hit these again next week. It's words of affirmation, uh, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Uh, They say everybody has kind of two that's like, those are my top two. It's not to say you don't like anything else on that list, but you probably favor one or two of those. And so when you show your spouse support, don't neglect how they are wired. Um, so, hey, I, I always joke around and say, hey, my top two, number one's physical touch, number two, touch me again, right? Like, I, I wanna be cuddly, I wanna be snuggly, I wanna be like that, all Right? Kels, uh, her top two are acts of service and quality time. Now, me trying to uh, show her love by smothering her on the couch and cuddling, guess what? That is not what's gonna make her feel love. That's what, that's what I want, right? Uh, she wants acts of service and quality time. And so instead of trying to be what I want for that person, your spouse, you need to be the type of person that they need. And part of that's knowing how they are wired. You need to learn how your spouse is wired and support them in the way that's best for them. And it's not one size fits all. You need to be a student of your spouse. And you gotta support them so that they can flourish. Because when your spouse flourishes, your marriage flourishes to becoming one. If they're flourishing, we are flourishing. I've never seen this, uh, and I'm sure somewhere it probably exists. I've never seen a tomato plant without a support. Like it's always got some sort of trellis that it's hanging on to. Uh, I've always seen tomato plants, and they've got something to hold on to. So that it can hold, like it would be able to grow, but once that tomato comes on there, uh, it's got to be able to hold it up to keep it off the ground. Without that support, the flourishing won't happen. That is going to be sitting on the ground. It's going to be much more vulnerable to spoiling or something get in there. And unfortunately, that's what happens in many marriages. There's no support or very little support. Part of it is because you support them the way that you would want to be supported instead of how they are wired. I think a bigger part of it is you don't talk about the things you need help with. You don't talk about the way that they need to come alongside and support you. So I think it's unfortunate there's a lot of marriages that are like that. You need to support each other for the flourishment of your marriage. So my question for you is uh, rhetorical, but how do you support your spouse? How do you support your spouse? Uh, we got three categories that I think will help us get a grasp on, like, uh, how to support your spouse in meaningful ways and kind of like the different levels of it because there's, there's different levels to it. So hey, uh, level one, I'm just gonna call support, uh, just common support. These are things uh, like dishes, laundry, mowing the yard, taking the trash out. These are not sexy things, but guess what? They gotta get done, right? right? We can't neglect them, but we also don't have to be passionate about these things either. They just have to be done, right? Just like those level one support things, household chores, like that type of stuff. Um, And this is, uh, if you dump all of these on one person, it can become a point of contention, but usually this is not where people have uh, serious struggles. And then there's that level two support. I call this just the four walls support. That's like food, uh, housing, clothing, transportation, Right, supporting your your spouse's career or maybe a career change. And this is a little different for everybody because we're all at different places, but you kind of need those four walls to make life work. Our houses might be different. Our our budget, our eating out budget might be different. But you kind of need food, housing. You need those things. And then the third level, the third level of support, this is the deepest. You got mental, emotional, and spiritual support. And, And this is where the support of your spouse is huge. Supporting your spouse mentally, emotionally, and spiritually Is it the greatest support you could offer them? And now, if you're like me, uh, you might be sitting there thinking, well, we have way more disputes about that level one stuff than we ever do about two or three. Like you probably aren't having that argument about the spiritual, emotional, or mental health of your spouse as much as you're having that argument about I just took out the trash, why can't you put it in a trash bag? I just emptied the dishwasher, why can't you load it up? Like the, those type of things, right? I think the argument could be made that although most arguments might be about dishes, laundry, the yard, taking out the trash, those really aren't what it's about. Usually those are triggers for some support at a deeper level. Uh, a dispute about the dishes that ends in tears, it ain't about the dishes. I can tell you that right now. It ain't about the dishes. There is something else happening. And when those moments happen, honor your spouse. Honor them. Uh, listen to their concerns. Talk about proper communication. Proper communication happens when one person is talking and the other person is actively listening honor them listen to their concerns help make the peace don't go firing back help make the peace honor them uh i I, i've made a game um that i play against kelsey uh, and disclaimer she doesn't know this but i am beating her so bad at this game uh, the game that I've created for myself, I gotta, gotta make it a game because if it's not a game, I'm just probably not gonna wanna do it. Uh, don't let Kelsey do the dishes. If she does the dishes, she beats me. And I am smoking her right now, y'all. Uh, one of the greatest winning streaks of my life. Do I enjoy doing the dishes? Heck no, I do not enjoy doing the dishes one bit. But as soon as school started, I knew this would be a helpful way to support my wife, the first grade teacher right? Uh, Romans 12.10. Should be here, just a a couple of slides over. See if we get there. Romans 12.10. Man, this thing is not, there we go, boom. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. There are other translations that say, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, I am trying to outdo Kels at the dishes, and that works. Uh, but, but if I'm just honest, the dishes aren't the priority. It ain't about the dishes. Right? I'm trying to serve my wife, to take one thing off there, to give her, to outdo her with honor. And, and, and that's level one support for your spouse, right? Like those are just the things that we kind of have to do. Uh, Someone's got to do the dishes. It's a part of life. It's the level three support that I need to show for her each and every day that matters. But by doing this level one support, you know what I'm doing? I'm making space for that level three support. Does that that make sense? So, So, hey, I'm not passionate about doing the dishes, but I am passionate about serving my wife. Support for her emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And if I can get this, this other stuff that's really not important out of the way, I have more time to support her in other ways. You should serve your spouse in a way that's, that's up here. Like you need to do that level one. But how do you, I want you to answer this question to yourself, how do you serve your spouse at that level three? Emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Again, I want to be different. This, this probably looks different for everybody. It, it just does. Um, ladies, like you, prob- you probably don't want to hear this, right? Uh, I'm probably going to get name in on this. I can just like, I feel it in the crowd, all right? Ladies, your husband going and spending four hours on the golf course might actually help his mental health, right? Right, like giving him some time to get away. Uh, I don't care if it's the golf course, the gun range, you fill in the blank, giving them some time to go do their thing, it might actually help their mental health. There we go, I knew it was coming. Uh, hey, hey, ladies, all right, you, find, you find what's good for your, your spouse, your husband, but there's probably something that you can make space for them to go do to just be them, right? Uh, husbands, your wife, reading a book in the bathtub, getting her nails done, or anything that's probably away from the kids for a minute, that might help her emotional health. All right, hey, so I don't know who's gonna watch your kids this weekend, but somebody go to the golf course. Somebody go get your nails done. Right, but here, here's the deal: you need, you shouldn't desire to, you shouldn't want to. You need to support your spouse in those level three ways so you can flourish. And when I say you, I mean your marriage, because it's not about you. Two are one. You need to support your spouse at that level. You need to support your spouse spiritually. Uh, And and here's just a couple of ways you could do that. You could pray for them. I hope you're doing that right now in that journal. Uh, You could send them a a Bible verse to encourage them. Just a little text in the morning. Hey, I saw this verse. I want to encourage you. Uh, You could walk through uh, devotional together. Uh, Can I tell you something that might be truly powerful? You could say, no matter what kind of week we had, we're gonna walk through the doors of church every morning, holding hands and seeking for God to direct the steps. Uh, Every single Sunday morning, we're gonna keep showing up regardless of what kind of week we had. That's a great way to show support. And here's the deal, there are so many ways you can support your spouse at each one of these levels. What I want you to do is to walk with purpose in your marriage, to support one another to do some of those level one things so you can make space for the level three things. To to spend time supporting them and their spiritual health, their spiritual journey. Uh, It says this in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 4 verses one through three. I got verse three we're gonna throw on the screen, but it says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, that's Paul, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Verse three, I want you to look at this. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. None of this, None of these practical steps, none of this works without the support of the Holy Spirit. We're back to where we started. This is a meaningless exercise without the Spirit of God moving in your life. You need to outdo one another in showing honor. You need to support your spouse at all levels. But most of all, you need to let the Holy Spirit direct your lives the best way you can be the spouse God is calling you to be is to first be the Jesus follower he has already called you to be. And when the Spirit of God is moving in your life, things change and it's for the better. You need to support your spouse. There's some practical steps there. But if you're not doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's just stuff you're doing. You're just filling up time. You need the Spirit of God to move in your life. Uh, in Ephesians 5, that passage we've been reading, uh, the picture that, that Paul puts us there, he's his God, he's compared uh, to a marriage, right? He's comparing this marriage, any marriage, to uh, Jesus as the groom and the church is the bride. Jesus is the groom. And it says the church, the body, is the bride to run with that for just a second, how does the church support or serve Jesus? I think this is huge for us as Jesus followers and as a church, if you're a Jesus follower, you're a part of the church. If you're a member of Refuge Church, you're part of this local church. So if Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride, collectively, how are we supposed to serve Jesus? And I, I believe the best way to serve Jesus is to get involved in the local church, not to use your gifts for the enrichment of others, because God gave you those gifts for a reason. And the reason wasn't so that you could puff yourself up, so you could use them to lift yourself up. It was to serve others, to show honor to others, to outdo one another in showing honor. And if you want to take your relationship with Jesus to the next level, start serving because when you focus on others, you start serving others, it takes all the focus off of you. And much like a marriage, when you serve and support your spouse, it's hard to be selfish when you're serving somebody else. Sometimes God aligns us when we do that to our spouse. And when they flourish, you flourish. One flesh. In a church, as a Jesus follower, in a church, when you serve others, they flourish. And when they flourish, the church flourishes. We're together, one body. Ephesians 5.30 says, and we are members of his body. We are collectively the body of Christ. We are all a part of his church. To you support your spouse, you need to support the church that God's planted you in. Can I? I just want to get offer a real practical way of serving your community, uh, your church, and, and supporting your spouse at a level three level, deep. And you're gonna. You, know, when I say this, you're gonna think that ain't deep, that ain't nothing. I, I, j- I promise you, it is. Hey, sign up to serve at the block party at the end of the month. You will play games pass out candy and laugh with your spouse. Now I know that, I get it, that sounds a little silly, like level three support for my spouse is passing out candy? No, level three support is being co-laborers in the kingdom of God. Passing out candy is just the opportunity presently presented to you. To unite with your spouse, to serve the community to get your focus off of us and to try to be a blessing to others, and when they flourish, you flourish. So if that's you, right? Like I need, we need to do that. We need to commit to do that together. Uh, text boo uh, to the number that'll be on the screen here in just a minute. Now I've got one final step I want you to take today. Um, before you do anything else, right, you may go home and eat lunch, but as soon as you're done, before you hit that Sunday nap, before you do any of that, I've got one final step I want you to take today. Uh, When you get home, go find that little journal uh, that we've been giving to you guys. If you don't have one, there's still plenty out in the lobby, I believe. And I want you to write down one way you're going to increase support to your spouse. If that's dishes, go crush it on the dishes. If that's serving together at the church, let's find you a place to serve. If that's sending an encouraging verse, send that encouraging verse. But whatever it is, write it down and commit to it. You're not writing down a journal, it's just yours. You're writing down a journal that you're shared. There's some accountability there, right? You're telling your spouse, I'm gonna do this. And I believe that as the Holy Spirit works in your life, you will see your marriage begin to flourish uh, like you've never experienced it before. So today, as soon as you get home, write down one way you're gonna increase that support for your spouse. They need it, and you do too. Let's pray.